Hello and welcome to Connect, the weekly podcast for the California MBA featuring one-on-one interviews with movers and shakers in the mortgage industry. I'm Susan Malazzo, CEO of the California MBA, and very happy that you can join us today. Before I welcome today's guest, I'd like to thank our 2023 President's Council sponsors. These are a group of companies that provide a tremendous amount of financial support to the California MBA, in large part so that we can continue to be that strong advocate for the real estate finance industry before the California State Legislature and our regulators. So I'd like to thank uh, our President's Council sponsors for 2023, and those companies include Amerihome, ArchMI, Consolidated Analytics, Funding Shield, Guild Mortgage, Incelerate, Rocket Mortgage, and Western Alliance Bank. Thank you all so much for your support in 2023. And with that, I'd like to turn to today's guest. I'm very excited to welcome an old friend onto uh, Connect Podcast, and that is Jeff Flory, uh, CEO of QC Alley. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Susan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is great. Um, you know, I always like to uh, get started to hear the story about how people came to start a career in the mortgage industry. So why don't you tell us how you got started? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, my my story is probably not a lot uh, different from other folks. You know, you never really set out to get into the mortgage business. You know, I went to UC Santa Barbara, graduated in 1991, and I had a was it a political science with an uh, emphasis in international relations? The intent was eventually go to law school. And that was kind of the plan at the time. And by the time I got done with going to school at Santa Barbara, or more appropriately being enrolled at Santa Barbara to go to school, um, you know, I graduated and didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do at that point, but I knew that law school really wasn't going to be the thing. And I had a good buddy of mine, actually a high school friend. He was the best man at my wedding. He came up, um, and we sat at lunch at like a like a Denny's or something like that. And he brought this folder of information because he was working for a broker in Diamond Bar. And he basically gave me his, here's how you originate loans package and set me on my way to start doing that. And so I started in the mortgage business shortly after college. I wasn't serious about it. Um, I was still very young, you know, moved up to the San Francisco Bay Area, worked for a mortgage broker, worked for a bank up there. And I had this in my head that I wanted to be a professional chef. Uh, my parents, being the smart person people that they were, weren't about to just give me $25,000 to go to the California Culinary Academy. And they said, hey, why don't you come on back home, work for this restaurant. We got a good buddy um, that owns a restaurant. Why don't you work there? And then if you really like it after that, then then maybe we'll 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 think about spending the 25 grand. So I moved back down home, worked for a summer in the restaurant business, you know, 14, 16 hour days, making very little money. And that's when I decided that I really need to get serious about the business. And I ended up starting at option one. So it wasn't until I was about 27 that I really got serious about the mortgage business. Yeah, well, it sounds, uh, it, it's uh, always an interesting story. I did not know about your, um, of all the years I've known you, I did not know about your desires to become a chef. So that's, I, uh, that's always an interesting little sidebar there. I do, the, I do the fancy meals at home and my wife does the utilitarian cooking when it comes to feeding the boys. <laughs> oh wow! I might have to get some Thanksgiving uh, appetizer uh, ideas from you. I'll have to ask. Uh, you well, not on appetizers, but I'll tell you. With the bird, I br I spatchcock the bird. Number one, number two, I brine it in buttermilk and herbs for like 48 hours before, 
So you shorten down the cooking time of the bird and the, the breast meat is very juicy. So that's your, your little tip for the day. Wow. That's just a bonus to this podcast. Thank you. I appreciate that. I love, I love cooking tips. Uh, you know, among many things, one of the things that's always impressed me about you is you pursuing your professional designations in the industry. I'm always uh, look with, uh, you know, appreciation on people that get their CMB, you have both your CMB and your AMP. I think that that's very impressive. Can you share with the listeners kind of what you experienced going through those programs? Yeah, I, I got to tell you, it, it's it's a hard program because there's a lot of information that you have to learn in order to pass through it. And I actually started back in the aughts when I was working at Option One Mortgage and I took the SOMB classes, the School of Mortgage Banking, you know, one, two, and three. And so that's where you get your, your AMP, your accredited mortgage professional designation. And then, you know, the industry took uh, a little bit of a turn back in 08, 09, and I took a pause on my activities. Um, I refreshed that when I started at Interthinks back in 2011 and passed my CMB exam actually 10 years ago this year. So it was 2013 that I actually passed my CMB exam. And I got to tell you, the test that I took back then was probably a lot easier than what the folks that are taking that test go through today. So, you know, for those of you who are pursuing it, um, it's a great endeavor um, and, and definitely worth your while. And I'd be remiss if I didn't get a shout out to my, my two sponsors. Robert Camarota was actually my original sponsor. Uh, and then when I took a break and came back into it, Robert was actually out of the business for a brief spell. And I actually got a little heavenly shout out to Aaron Forbes, who was my second sponsor and helped guide me through the actual test in 2013 when I took it. Um, I will say that it's invaluable for you from the relationships that you create. Uh, as a sidebar, I also participated in the Future Leaders Program that the MBA sponsors in 2005. And there's folks in, in, in not only my School of Mortgage Banking classes, but from the Future Leaders class that are still friends today, people that I can still talk to. Uh, and then if you're actually looking to secure your CMB, my number one bit of advice would be for you to get a try. Get a group of people, of like-minded people who want to go through the CMB process, and you can share knowledge and share uh, your 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 journeys you get through that together because like I said it's pretty difficult and and that actually brings me Susan to a couple things that I wanted to, to to shout about is is you know relative to the CMBA you know you take a look at California there's uh, what is it a thousand plus active CMBs CMBs in the industry right now and maybe there's about 130 or so that are active here in California and I think there's probably a discussion I haven't talked to you about this yet but it's something that I want to explore a little bit further is how do we take the events that are going on with the CMBA and incorporate some CMB-oriented events into that? Um, you know, I'm thinking maybe I need a partner in crime on that. Uh, looking at you, Nick Pabarkis. Um, maybe there's someone out there that wanted to, you know, jump on. I take a look at what Tim Allen's done with the CMB program down in Florida. He works for First Horizon. He's been very, very active at Florida MBA events and really kind of promoting the CMB um, uh, designation and getting folks to sign up. And that's the second thing that I wanted to chat about as well is I'm probably at the point in my career where, I, where I, I've talked to a lot of people about this, but I, I certainly want to start actually sponsoring new CMBs into the, uh, into the uh, process as well. Well, there's an invitation for any of you that are listening that want to pursue your CMB. I know how to get a hold of Jeff Lurie, so you can always contact me, but he's uh, willing to be your sponsor. Love Robert and Aaron. So that's a yes. great 
uh, great leadership for you pursuing that. Wonderful programs provided by the uh, by the National MBA professional designation School of Mortgage Banking, their Future Leaders Program. All great, uh, all great background for anybody interested in deepening their uh, their career path and development in this industry. You know, Jeff, you and I had talked about the CMB um, kind of events for California events, and I'd like to pick that conversation up again. So um, sure. maybe oh, we can connect with some of your, um, you know, your colleagues in the CMB world uh, and have a conversation about how we can launch that in 24. 100%. Wonderful. So uh, I started from the beginning saying, you know, you and I have known each other for a long time. I was thinking about it. I think we met when you were at First American uh, and uh, always valued working with you. Um, what uh, are some of the top QC issues that lenders should be focusing on right now? Well, that's a that's a great question. I think it was I think it was right as Interthinks was actually getting acquired by First American because if I remember correctly, we met with was it Moyer and Harris in the offices in uh, Agora Hills, if I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah. But, um, yes. you know, in, in, in terms of, of quality control, you know, I, I think, you know, Donna Gibson, who's our president and COO, there's a recent blog post that she published and it was really talking about the evidence of focusing on quality. Right. And it's about deliberately focusing on the areas of concern in your discretionary reviews. Um, you know, you're, there's this, this kind of striving for zero defects, striving for minimizing the defects. And I think we have to understand that the manufacturing process, while we have some great technology that helps facilitate the manufacturing process of a mortgage, it is still at its core a people business and people will mm -hmm. make mistakes and there's gonna be areas of concern. And so I think it's important that lenders understand and accept that these areas, there's gonna be certain areas that are gonna have higher defect levels within their firm and that's okay. I think what's important is demonstrating to the agencies that you have action plans in place to remediate those remediate those higher risk areas. Um, I think the other thing is you, you got to focus on what the agencies are focused on, and unfortunately, uh, the agencies are notorious for their ambiguity. Um, you know, having been to the MBA in Philadelphia and prior to that the CRMC in DC, you know, anecdotally what we're hearing is that certainly income is one of the primary areas where lenders are seeing challenges. Um, but we're hearing a lot about appraisal issues as well. And we're hearing that some of those appraisal concerns are, um, for lack of a better term, off-brand issues, right? It's the selection of adjust selection or the adjustments on the comps, et cetera. Um, so it, it's creating some, you know, some challenges for lenders in that regard. I think one of the things that's beneficial, at least one of the things that we got from the Fannie Mae Bootcamp, and I think it's actually happening this week, is that providers like us are now being provided access to the lenders CU so that we can actually dive in there and provide kind of more analysis of that work and it facilitates that appraisal review process. And we talked about this uh, a couple of days ago with uh, with Melissa Koopel, but we've got, you know, obviously the Mortgage Quality and Compliance Committee that's coming out next year. And I'm gonna be stepping in as the vice chair in this coming year and I'm very excited actually about that. Um, but one of the things that I think is gonna be very, very important is to get lenders comfortable with the idea of being a little bit vulnerable about what's going on in their manufacturing process and what are the things that they're hearing you know when when lenders are in or when agencies are in for regulatory audits when state uh groups are in how do we share that information in a more meaningful fashion so that we can collectively be better as an organ as as an industry in in managing quality 
So, yeah, the great observations. Thank you for that. I think we'll be talking about some of these issues, of course, at our Legal Issues and Regulatory Compliance Conference happening in Orange County uh, in December. Uh, but that's uh, those are those are some great uh, those are some great tips, and I very much look forward to working with you and Melissa next year on our uh, MQAC committee in that webinar series. Um, sure. Of course, another big congratulations. Speaking of the company, you became CEO of QC Ally this year, so congratulations on that. Thank Can you, you. share us anything about what might be in store for the company in 2024? Well, I'll tell you, and, and, and stepping into this role, I have, and I'm still in my 90-day window, so I'm still in the exciting giddy phase, of course. Um, but joining the firm, I, I, I stepped in and wanted to be deliberately observational as I stepped into the firm. Um, and what I've discovered in my 90 day, first 90 days here is that you know we are very, very operationally sound, and the machine works really, really well. Donna Gibson, who I referenced before, you know, she's been with a firm for, for 12 years. Hope Sell, who's our president of QC, you know, she's been with a firm for nine. And so there's some deep, deep, deep domain expertise in terms of our overall operation, which has been great for me because I've been able to come in, observe, get to know the team, understand the kind of the challenges they're facing without the need to make a lot of, you know, quick moves or anything. And, and now I'm kind of heading forward with the, with the perspective of getting them the resources that they need to be successful. Um, we're also very blessed in that we have a great supporting board behind us that includes, you know, such luminaries as Faith Schwartz, as you know, from Housing Finance Strategies, you know, Steve Spees, who spent 20 years at Fannie Mae in, in quality control and so really understands that business, and the former CEO, Jack Lentz, who's been a great resource to me in helping me understand kind of the nuance of the organization as I've, I've kind of onboarded here. Um, also, you might have seen the news that in September, we announced the acquisition of an Austin-based TPR firm called Inglet Blair. And Inglet Blair has been a great match for us as we're very similarly aligned in our approach to the market. You know, it's being a high quality provider with a very high customer service focus. You know, certainly we wanna be competitively priced, but we're really competing on, you know, our high quality and our customer service. Um, but what that's given us is the opportunity because really at, at you know, at the ground level, TPR work and QC work is a little bit different, but at the 50,000 foot level, there's really some similarities in what we do. So it's giving us an opportunity to leverage the resources that we have on, on in both groups um, to maximize the, the productivity of the entire organization. Uh, we're also looking at, at potential strategic acquisitions and partnerships. I mean, obviously the, the Inglet Blair acquisition was one that we announced this year. We've got a great uh, board behind us. We've got a great group of investors behind us and, and we're in growth mode and we're looking at opportunities to either acquire or partner with firms. And, you know, my, my favorite quote uh, from Peter Drucker is, a time of turbulence is also one of great opportunity for those who can understand, accept and exploit the new realities. And so we're certainly going in that vein. The other thing that we're looking to do is determining how we intelligently deploy enabling technology in our operation. You know, I would describe myself as a quote unquote, relatively fast follower when it comes to technology. I'm sitting here with an iPhone 8. I still haven't upgraded to, you know, a, a double digit iPhone yet. Um, but what I think about deploying technology, it's deploying technology that's going to help us or help our clients either one, improve the client experience. Uh, either or number two, increase efficiencies in, in our operation or our clients' operations or present new rev revenue opportunities to the firm. So um, I'll use OCR as a great example. Now we have this OCR process in the front, of, front end of our process that 
helps to kind of stack and slice and dice the files as we get them in, which helps us with our efficiencies. One of the challenges with OCR, however, is that you know we in the QC world, we're dealing with second and third gen PDFs, and sometimes mm -hmm. OCR can have struggles with that in that area. So we have to be very, very smart about how we deploy our technology dollars, um, making sure that what we're doing, we're getting an actual true return on the technological investment. Well, that is very exciting. So many great things happening at the company. I love your positivity and enthusiasm for embracing the market and growing from there. So congratulations and good luck to you and QC Ally in 2024. Thank you. You know, uh, I have really, truly uh, appreciated working with you, Jeff, over the years. Uh, you've been a fantastic member of the California MBA. You've been very active on many things, um, including um, the issue that's closest to my heart, which is our, our legislative efforts and, and really giving us good feedback for our advocacy efforts. But also, I've seen you uh, really uh, be a good ambassador for uh, the work that we do from an advocacy standpoint, because you know how important it is for uh, you know for lenders and and service providers alike to understand what it is we do. So I appreciate that uh, over the years. But can you share with our listeners why you uh, chosen to spend a lot of uh, you know support the California MBA and spend a lot of time with us? Well, and 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 I certainly would would be remiss in not acknowledging the uh, the work that you do and the and the team and the legal issues and regulatory compliance committee here because you know California. Um, when I, when I talk about bleeding edge, they are certainly at the bleeding edge of legislative activity uh, in a variety of ways. And I think I've referred to California as the Petri dish for interesting, fascinating legislation that may impact mortgage lending. And, and I've never met a politician who embraced the idea of doing nothing when sometimes that's even the best path, right? Do nothing and everything's going to be okay. Um, and I think especially here in California, there's a, an incredible amount of activity from our elected officials in terms of kind of showing that they're doing what they need to do um, through legislative uh, uh, you know, activity, uh, even if it's not the best path. Um, and I'll tell you, I just recently finished binging uh, 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 Game of Thrones again. And, and I, I liken the work that you do, Susan, to, to be in part of the Night's Watch, right? You're the shields that guard the realms of lenders and you're kind of the Lord Commander of that effort. And so I, I, I just think it's very, very important um, for us to make sure that we are pushing back on legislation that doesn't make sense for the business. I think it's important um, that it's uh, important that we engage our local leaders because they do actually listen. When you get down and you sit with them one-on-one, -on -one, they actually do listen to you. And, and sometimes you're able to present things that they haven't thought of as they're running through their kind of legislative sausage making process. Um, you know, the, the, the key things from my perspective and I'm really excited that you're bringing back Legislative Day next year because I think it's a great opportunity for us to talk about practical solutions to the challenges of affordable housing, affordable home ownership here in California. You know that's a, a, a definitive challenge here in California. Um, we need to promote ways to increase the availability of finance options to California residents. And we need to ensure that the legislation that passes doesn't impact the regulatory cost of being a lender because ultimately that just means that the, the consumer is going to pay higher costs for, um, you know, for their financing. It is very much an educational game. And uh, um, thank you for those comments. And, and really, I appreciate the work that you've done and so many of our members that have supported uh, our advocacy efforts and can, you know, helped us be, uh, re re maintain our, our strong presence and uh, representing the industry. So thank you, Jeff. And thanks for being on Connect. 
Oh, of course. Thank you very much, Susan. I really appreciate it and happy to support in any way possible. And thanks to all of you for joining us today on Connect. To access any of our past episodes, you can follow us on our YouTube channel. We're also available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. That's it for this week, and we'll see you next time on Connect. Here we go.